The Navy has not changed its strategy for civilian workers in a decade. Recently, though, the service realized it needed an update to bring the workforce into the 21st century and for the Navy to remain a competitive workplace. Now, the Navy revealed its new human capital strategy last week. It focuses on technology and creating better workplaces. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni joins me now with the latest. Scott, tell us about this new strategy. Why are they doing this now? Yeah, well, as you said, it's been 10 years, so it's about time that they probably bring things back up to date. It's one of the things that they like doing. But outside of that, you have to remember that the Navy and Defense Department as a whole have been having trouble with retention when it comes to civilians. Not only that, but they have a workforce that's aging. They have a workforce that um, they're not really getting a lot of people in their 20s and 30s or even early 40s. Since it's one of those workforces where a lot of them are going to be retiring and there's going to be a bow wave of retirements coming up soon. That's something that they need to backfill and make sure that they have for people to to continue working and to continue the, the service working. Another reason is that working for the government is, is different than in real life. One of the best examples of this is you can bring your iPhone anywhere and, and look at your iPhone wherever you go and look up something on Google. But when you're working for the Navy, you might not be able to do that because you're in a secure area. And that's something that is upsetting for some people. They, they want to be able to access certain things, and especially when you're trying to work and you don't have access to those kind of tools. So they need a contemporary workplace. Exactly. And, and one other thing is that, that the Navy is trying to go to a 355-ship Navy by 2030, and they're going to need a civilian force in order to get there. Yes, I noticed you quote uh, the Navy Assistant Secretary for Manpower and Reserve Affairs, Greg Slavonic, repeating that idea of the 355-ship Navy even though they've canceled a few destroyers and so on and some new submarines because of the current budget climate, which is going to get flat for them. It's questionable whether that will happen. But if the Navy grows, it's going to need more civilians as well as the billets to fill those ships, correct? Yeah, definitely. And the Navy is going to be growing, at least personnel-wise, a little bit in the the next year or two. So, you know, they're going to need civilians to, to, to make sure that that is what it is, what it needs to be. And what are they doing to get that talent they need? The first thing that they're doing is a timeline for change. And, and that timeline looks like a number of pilot programs that they're going to be using. That's maybe as many as 15. And they're setting up a task force in the next three months. And then six months after that, they're going to have an implementation those pilot programs are going to inform the change that they're going to be making. Now, uh, the Navy was pretty mum about what sort of uh, changes or what these pilots are going to look like, unfortunately. So I don't have any examples as to what they're going to be doing. They're figuring it out now. Right, exactly. But I know that they'll be working with the Chief Learning Office, which is a new office that was set up by the Secretary of the former Secretary of the Army, Richard Spencer, and Deputy Secretary Modley. And that is sort of a revamp of Navy education. And they're also working with the CIO, which uh, is is going to be adding in some technology, like I said, making the workplace a more easier and uh, uh, dynamic place. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni, and they talk about getting the best talent. And often, I think from the outside, if you don't know, going to work as a civilian for one of the armed services 
feels like it could be getting swallowed up in a giant invisible bureaucracy and never see the light of day again. You have that classic idea of a government worker, right, where you have the, the, the suit on and you kind of just go in and do your job and come back home. And I think a, a lot of people kind of have that idea. And then secondly, you, you get a little overshadowed by the uniformed force, right? These are the guys that are out in front that you're always thinking about. So, uh, you know, they kind of want to change that a little bit. And one of the overall themes really is is technology, how they can integrate technology into the work that you do and that you can use for the way that you hire people as well, use that technology. So, um, you know, all said, what they want to do is increase the number of qualified applicants they can get. And they also want to get recognized by external organizations like Forbes and uh, other uh, places that put out best places to work and things like that. Um, And that's going to translate into adopting newer technologies, getting your computer just to work on time and uh, updating it on regular intervals, things like that, Um, reducing vacancies, reducing the time it takes to fill a position so that you don't have to pull uh, people's resources away from them. Um, You know, so they want to be like like top companies. Another thing they're doing is rethinking jobs and their descriptions. Jobs are more dynamic and fluid now, and they have different job descriptions than they did in the the 1900s. And so now they're thinking about how that's going to change, how, you know, even an HR person might need a little bit of code to to do something. Now, the Secretary of Defense Office is going to grow a little bit under the 2020 budget. And there's a strategy behind that that Congress wanted to see a little bit more civilian control of military decisions. Some members of Congress, the ones putting that budget together, had felt that maybe there was too much uniform decision-making not leavened by their partners on the civilian side. I wonder if that strategy could translate down to the sense of, hey, we're going to have a bigger and more important role here, assuming they can get the technology to work and it's a contemporary workplace. There's the content of the work itself. Right. Well, the Navy didn't really tilt their hand much on on that sort of situation. What they did say, though, is that they want to to strengthen the talent pipeline. So, you know, that will bring in a lot of decision makers and and smart people for years to come. And and the way they're doing that is better planning, better planning processes, and also reaching out to these places in academia and and starting these uh, civic organizations. The the Defense Department's even starting a a defense civilian workforce, training workforce, sort of like an ROTC for people in acquisition and and civilian areas. So um, a lot of ways that they're reaching out to find the people that they need. What about college recruitment? So that's what this ROTC is kind of working toward. And and within the next two or three years, they're hoping to be in uh, quite a few uh, institutions and have at least 400 people within this sort of civilian ROTC that'll uh, be working in areas that what the Secretary of Defense chooses as uh, areas that are needed by DOD in the in the most needed capacity. And how much in harmony will the Navy end up being with the other military branches with respect to their personnel approaches and policies? So one of the things they said is that they're informed by the services and they also inform the other services. This isn't very far off from what the other services are trying to do. The Air Force has already started their digital Air Force, which is something where they're bringing in their Air Force to the 21st century by using data and data points and all these different sensors and things to figure out the best way to uh, do everything that they're doing um, in, in today's environment. And that includes 
working with civilians, finding the best places to put them, and uh, using AI even to hire uh, people and get them into the, the areas that they can they, that serve them best for the, the, the service. Their strategy takes them out now to 2030, they're saying in their document, and they've got these five basic pillars for improving the workforce. What can we see first? When will this start to be manifest? Right. So I think in the next year, probably the next nine months, we're going to start seeing things manifesting. And like I said, they're they're really not, uh, you know, they're keeping things pretty close to the vest right now as to what we're going to be seeing first. But we definitely are going to see AI integration, uh, you know, possibility of using AI as a, a way to, to place people into areas that they think will be best to search through resumes for keywords and things like that. And it's going to be one of those things that they're going to have to experiment with a little bit. You know, AI is something that you need to tweak. And if you're looking for one buzzword and not looking for another one, that could end up uh, going badly as well. So, you know, they admit it's going to take a little bit of time before this actually gets fleshed out. Well, they've got five strategic Anchors they hope to deliver on. I'm not sure anchor is the best frame of <laughs> I think word. they're going a little naval with it. Well, they're going naval, but anchor sounds like something stuck in the sand and not something <laughs> dynamic and moving ahead. Just a little bit of advice to the Navy wordsmiths. Federal News Network Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.